Remember when you were six and wanted to be a princess or a queen and we all wanted to live in a castle and wear beautiful dresses and like then get our heads chopped off? What? Ooh, sorry, I got a little too real there. <laughs> Today we're covering the top 10 royal killers, the parts of the stories that never made it into our childhood fantasies. I would hope not. <laughs> These crimes are baffling. When you're the king, life is good. There's no need to go and commit murder. But there's also no one to stop you. Very true. <laughs> Still, as the great singer Lord said, we'll never be royals. But these criminals make us think, maybe we don't want to be. Hey all you weirdos, welcome to the ParCast original, Crime Countdown. I'm Ash. And I'm Elena. Every week we'll highlight 10 fascinating stories of history's most engaging and unsettling crimes, all picked by the ParCast research gods. This episode, we're counting down the top 10 royal killers. Royal killers. <laughs> I love watching royal families. It is fascinating to me. So the cool thing about this list, in case you're all wondering, in is that it's you want to know. Because immediately when you hear royals, you're going to think of the royal family, like yeah. English. Yeah. This one's global. So it's not just English royals. So we get to see and discuss a ton of scandals from a ton of different places. Mm -hmm. I think America is really obsessed with royals just because we don't have them. That's true. That's a solid point. Yeah. I feel like I've just never been into the like to the royal family or like yeah. royal families in general, unless yeah. you count like Princess Diaries one and two. Those are great. Movies. Pretty heavy into that. You are pretty heavy. But into I know that. I know it's a big thing. It is. If I were like going to be a princess, I'd be a Princess Diana type because sure. I have reasons. You do. She's hella classy. Sure is. Super chic. Mm -hmm. And we love a philanthropic royal. We do. And I think you would be that. Do you think so? I do. I think you're way better suited to be a royal than I am. I feel like you'd be good. You have the ability to present very, like, demure do when I? you need to. You so do. And you know what the big thing is? What? You hold your tongue way better than I do. <laughs> I can't even argue that. Yeah, way better. I would make a terrible royal. Yeah, you'd be fighting. Yeah, as soon as someone gave me a rule, like, you have to be done with dinner when the queen is done with dinner, I'd be like, all right, I'm out. Like, yeah. that's it. You would not be into no. that. The only way I would be a royal is if I'm queen and I can just, like, dismantle the entire system. Good. Yeah. Well, maybe Elena's on this list dismantling the system. Maybe. You never know. I'm not sure, though, because Elena has five scary nobles and so do I. I don't have Elena, but maybe she has Maybe her. I do. Neither of us knows which one the other one has. We don't. Let's start the countdown. This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. Forget dark alleys and cemeteries. For some, the gym is the scariest place of all, but it doesn't have to be. With a personalized plan and expert coaching, Anytime Fitness can help make the gym less frightening. Get more for your gym membership than machines. Get personalized support anytime, anywhere. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, and restrictions apply. See website for details. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Hi, I'm Blair. 
Wanna hear something scary? Join me as I read the creepiest urban legends, folk tales, and ghost stories that I learn on my travels around the world and that we receive from listeners like you. But only if you think you can handle it. Listen on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. Until next time, sweet screams. Ten. Starting off our list of royal killers at number 10 is Henry VIII and the execution of two of his wives. King Henry VIII had six wives in total, two of which he had killed, Anne Boleyn and Catherine Howard. We all learned those names. We definitely did. Also, did you ever read that book, The Other Boleyn Sister? I never read it, but I feel like I know it. I feel like every girl (laughs) in our family read that and I was subject to it. I was not. I stepped away from that. I guess so. Not a good royal. (laughs) No. Henry VIII and his first wife only had a daughter and Henry needed a legitimate son to continue the heir. Who needs a daughter? No one. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Well, he needed to continue the throne, so he needed the heir. So he turns his attention to Anne Boleyn and he's like, what's up, girl? And he was an ugly one. Well, she was all for it. They did get married. Gross. But his marriage to Anne was technically bigamous because his marriage to Catherine wasn't annulled until a few months after he married Anne. Are you following? Scandal, scandal, scandal is what I heard. Yes, exactly. Okay, cool. There you go. I got it. Back then, like not even a king could get a divorce in those times. But Henry was like, try me. And straight up just (laughs) defied the Pope. Wow. Which is not on my list of things to do today or ever. Yeah, always a bad idea. Don't disregard the Pope. I also feel like if this was not such a steaming pile of awful, like you would look at this and be like, oh my God, he really loved her. How romantic. So romantic. Like he went out of his way. What a grand gesture. But then we finish the story. And if you're thinking that, you're like, whoa, never mind. And you're like, oh no. So he he goes and he defies the Pope regarding the separation from his first wife just to marry Anne. Wow. That's real cute. But things didn't work out with him and Anne because she also was never able to produce a son. And she was accused by Henry of adultery, incest, and conspiracy against him. Ooh. Never good to commit conspiracy against your husband, the king. I mean, in this case, two out of the three of those, I'm like, all right. I get it. I get it. The incest, I'm like, Anne. Anne, come on, girl. (laughs) But also, maybe it was like her 16th cousin. We don't know. You never know. You never know. And while Anne Boleyn was beheaded, Uh Henry was like off with her head. He loved doing that. He did. He said that far too much. It was like, that was easy, button. (laughs) Yeah, that was easy. Off with her head. (laughs) Now, jump to Catherine Howard, his fifth wife and Anne's cousin. I'm sure many people were cousins. Everybody was cousins. (laughs) I'm pretty sure. She was at least two years younger than Henry's oldest daughter, Mary. I bet they had a ton to talk about. Yeah, like, what's up, Gramps? Yeah. But not long after they got married, talk of an affair with a younger nobleman and a secret promiscuous past got Catherine beheaded. Ooh. She was a promiscuous girl. Meanwhile, that just makes her sound, like, really interesting to me. It does. I agree with you. And it's thought that she at the time may have only been 17 years old. Woof. Henry was a big yucko. Very iffy. Nine. At number nine this week is Cleopatra. Cleopatra often gets romanticized in pop culture. People even dress up like her at parties. 
but she was a politically motivated ruler who killed her own siblings to retain power. I didn't know that. I didn't know this either. I thought she was just like, cool. She just had great eyeliner. She That's was just all anybody like, thinks. mysterious and fashionable. Which I think she was as well. But there's more. She was just also real scary. So Cleopatra is known now, like we were saying, for her sex appeal. But she was also super intelligent. Of course they leave that out. Of course they do. They're like, she was hot. She was a smoke show. She was. She was totally a smoke show. But she was also had brains just like coming out of her ears. They were everywhere. Whoa. And rulers like Mark Antony and Julius Caesar valued her for her mind. Julius Caesar? Hashtag girl boss. <laughs> I guess just so. Saying. The OG girl the boss. The OG hashtag girl boss. But then she married both of her adolescent younger brothers at different times during her life. Hmm. This was a common practice among royals to, you know, like keep the bloodline real pure. Like, I don't understand how that makes it pure. It was a common practice, yes, but an icky one all the same. Confusing one at that. I don't want to do that. So her first brother husband ran her out of Egypt after she tried to take sole possession of the throne. He was like, I'm out. He was like, nope. Well, they got into a civil war and he was killed. Wow. Like siblings, am I right? Just, you know, a typical sibling rivalry, civil war and all. I once threw a hardcover book at my older brother's face as hard as I could. I've heard this story so many times. I got in trouble, but that's not the same. No. No, it is not. As a civil war. That book did not kill him. It didn't. I feel better about the whole situation. I'm glad that 20 years later, this is free therapy. I'm going to call my brother JP up and be like, remember that time? At least I didn't cause a civil war and kill you. Didn't kill you, bruh. (laughs) So get over it. She then killed her sister, Arsinoe, on the steps of a temple for teaming up with that brother's efforts and to solidify her position as ruler. She was like, you are also out. She's just knocking down siblings. She's like, like, you know what? Yeah, because she was like, you know what? I need to be the ruler. You're in my way. And you were just on his side who I just killed in the civil war. So you're dead. You're out. She then married... Ding, 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 her younger brother. No way. But had him killed to secure her son's chances of the throne. She had a son, not by that brother. This son was fathered by Julius Caesar. No way. Yeah, a lot of people don't know that. I did not know that. It was a power couple of the century. Power move. But like, stop marrying your brothers. Again. Stop doing it. Just a little PSA. I don't think she had any left after this. I'm not real sure. But like, she killed them all if she did. Stop doing it. It's not working out. After all that, when Octavian beat out Cleopatra and Mark Antony to run the Roman Empire, she committed suicide rather than fall under his rule. The drama. She would be held down by no man. She was like, I will die before somebody runs me. I'm out. Wow. Eight. Number eight on our countdown of top 10 royal killers is Eric the 14th. What sets this 16th century king of Sweden apart from some other monarchs on this list is that he committed murder with his own hands. He got down and dirty. He got down and dirty. As an Eric does. I know. I love that his name is Eric. Don't you feel like that's wrong? (laughs) Eric doesn't seem like a king named. Like, there's nothing wrong with the name Eric. No. I just always think of like a Henry or Or a James. James. Or like, I can't name another king. I literally can't either. Philip. George. Oh, there you okay. Go. We, I got we it. get it. I'm good. Well, King Eric the Fourteenth was apparently an intelligent and well-read king uh, before his slow descent into violence and mental instability. Ooh, we started so high and then we went so low. I was like, woo! What a roller coaster. <laughs> He was notable in his reign for an ambitious expansion that was later dubbed Nordic Seven Years' War. 
Have you heard of it? Uh, maybe. I'm maybe? not real sure. I don't know. And he also was famous for marrying a commoner instead of royalty. Good job, Eric. We've got another power move on the list. That's such an Eric move. Isn't it? It is. Yeah, I love it. So the strain of war for sure contributed to his mental collapse, and he became an extremely paranoid person. He felt the entire aristocracy conspired against him. That doesn't seem paranoid to me. It just seems smart. I think so, too, because they probably were conspiring They probably a were. There's always conspiracies in yeah. aristocrat world. I'm saying, I think Eric just knew what was up. He did. He ordered the murders of five nobles of the influential Stewer family, even though he had already imprisoned them for conspiracy against him. So that's that descent into madness. Like that killed we're two birds with like eight stones. Yeah, they're already locked up. Let's just murder them. Let's just murder them while we're at it. His frustrations were all channeled towards one person in the family, though. Who was it? Nils Stewart, hmm. who became his imagined nemesis. <laughs> he stabbed Nils to death. That's not cool that he stabbed Nils to death. No, I'm not, laughing okay. because I love imagined nemesis. I feel like I have a couple imagined nemesis. I have real nemesis. Nemesi. Nemesis. <laughs> Multiple. There's a few. Yeah. I'm scared. Doesn't everybody? No. No? Okay. Kay. I'll leave. Well, the nobles <laughs> dethroned Derek just like they would with you, and they threw him in prison. That was not enough for the people, though. No they way. were unsatisfied. They said that punishment was not enough. He's going to escape jail. So they were like, you know what? We'll assassinate him. And they did that by allegedly poisoning his pea soup. Wow. Which I'm infuriated. I hate pea soup. I love pea soup. You do not, you don't mess with pea soup. The fighting continues. Wow. I would dethrone you but just for not liking pea soup. If you poison something as disgusting as pea soup and make it my last meal, I'ma haunt you. No, he thought he was getting a good cup of that stuff. No way. Seven. At number seven this week is Queen Ranavalona. The Queen of Madagascar took the throne after her husband died in 1828. Under her rule, authorities often administered what's called the Tangina Trial, a cruel and ineffective practice. You go tell me about it? Cruel and ineffective is like a real nice way of saying it. What is it? So her subjects had to eat three pieces of chicken skin followed by poison. Okay. If they puked up the chicken... They were deemed innocent. If not, they were executed. So I think you call that a lose-lose situation. Yeah, it's basically an impossible way to win out of this. Like, you can't claim innocence from double death. Like, you can't do it because you would most likely just die from ingesting the poison anyway. Yeah, no matter what you did. So you puke it up, you're innocent. And if you don't, you're poisoned and you're executed anyway. <laughs> That's, like I said, a lose-lose. Yeah, it's no good. Although this practice was outlawed in 1863... It is continued to be practiced in secret in other parts of the island, which blew my brains apart. Still today? Yeah. They're like, I'm a poison, you chicken, chicken skin. skin and poison. Wow. Not a good thing. Rana Valona's other torturous faves included very classic things, you know, the old standbys like amputation, oh. crucifixion, pouring boiling water on victims' heads. I don't like that one. And my favorite one, sawing people in half. Well, that's like a magic show. Yeah. That's just a. I don't like the the boiling water on people's heads. That really upsets me. No, I don't like that either. Because I don't even like my shower that hot. Oh, I do, but I don't. So maybe you would love it. 
You'd be like, all right, I'm not telling you. This is fine. <laughs> I don't know about that. I would hate Imagine. it. Imagine. I do not I like, like this a hot is great. This feels luxurious. Do you guys have that Olay body wash? <laughs> I'm going to get out of here and I'm going to be so smooth. <laughs> You're glowing. <laughs> no, I would hate it. Yeah. She killed thousands a year, primarily Christians. She did this because she disliked the religion due to colonization struggles. And also the church's influence threatened her power. These people do not like when their power is threatened. Do not threaten people's power. Don't, don't take do it. away the power. Yeah, the, all of these people are like, don't do it. That just made me think of Labyrinth. The Babe with the Power. The Babe with the Power. Oh, one of the best movies ever. Some historians say she was barbaric, to which I say, what? <laughs> do you? <laughs> what, sir? What? I would do the same thing. Barbaric. Says Elena. <laughs> but others say she was just continuing the work of her husband and fighting off invading European powers. Okay. Either way, pretty barbaric, I would say. Yes. But, you know, to each their own. Six. Also on our list at number six, Prince Dipendra of Nepal. In June 2001, Prince Dipendra walked into a royal family gathering and opened fire killing nine, including his father, the king of Nepal, before shooting himself. That is not very prince-like. Uh, no. So what had happened was the people of Nepal demonstrated for a democracy, and the king actually agreed to a compromise. That's nice. Which is super nice. I'm like, I love you. <laughs> I love you. Wow, that really escalated. Well, like, I love, I love like, a noble guy. That's like, a very nice thing. I love you. I love nice people. <laughs> it's just how I am. It is. Dipendra did not love him. No. The king's son, Dipendra, was furious because his time on the throne was now going to be weakened or, like, threatened in general. Don't threaten power. No, and he was not somebody to threaten or infuriate. I guess not. Because he was, this is insane. He was known for having a super like sadistic nature. He would sometimes burn a cat or a mouse like just for funsies. That's mean. Just a hobby, a daytime hobby. Wow. I mean, he did this in 2001. So I'm like, what? I was going to say, okay, Jeffrey Dahmer. Right? His father was his first target in the massacre. Obviously, he was real pissed yeah, off. I'm not shocked. There's speculation the killing was part of Dependra's anger that he couldn't marry the woman he loved from England or he would have to give up the throne. Which is like, if you love her that much, the throne should not matter. And also, any other time, I'd be like, yeah, that's probably it, that like he couldn't marry his forbidden love, like a commoner or somebody from another place. Yeah, we love a struggle. But Dependra to me just seems like that was not the case. Doesn't he just I seem don't, whiny? Yeah, I don't think this was over like, I want to marry my true love. I, I think he was throne. like, I want to be on the throne. I'm scared for what would have happened if he was on the throne. Woof. Well, however, many people in Nepal do not buy the official story and they think the king's brother was really the one behind the murders, or at least he was the one that put the prince up to it. Plot twist. Does that happen in Hamlet or am I dumb? Don't know. I think it does. Huh. <laughs> So my favorite one so far is Cleopatra. Yeah, she was wild. I had no idea how wild she was. <laughs> she was insane. I really didn't know. I knew that King Henry was going to be on the list. Oh, for sure. Definitely. When I saw him at number 10, I was like, what are we in for? <laughs> Where do we go from What's here? Happening? I'm excited to see. I am too. Kate here. If you're looking to add some more fun to your feed, subscribe to ParCast Network's new show, Incredible Feats, 
Every weekday, comedian Dan Cummins, who you might recognize from the hit podcast Time Suck, explores an unbelievable account of physical strength, mental focus, or bizarre behavior. Don't miss the story of a man who broke the sound barrier while skydiving from the edge of space. Or the harrowing tale of a 17-year-old girl who survived alone in a rainforest for 11 days after her plane broke apart mid-air. Or the ultra-marathoner whose rare genetic condition lets him run for days without stopping. Incredible feats spotlights mind-blowing achievements of everyone from world-class athletes and record breakers to scientists, architects, artists, and more. Search Incredible Feats and follow free on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. Forget dark alleys and cemeteries. For some, the gym is the scariest place of all, but it doesn't have to be. With a personalized plan and expert coaching, Anytime Fitness can help make the gym less frightening. Get more for your gym membership than machines. Get personalized support anytime, anywhere. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, and restrictions apply. See website for details. Five. All right. Let's jump back in with number five on our countdown of royal killers. Starting off the second half of our list is Nero. Modern historians question how much Nero's evil has been exaggerated over time, but it's been said in addition to killing family and friends, he also liked to have random people on the streets of Rome just murdered. Oh good. Yeah. Nero started off as a relatively good ruler, which is strange, but there was a reason for this. It wasn't like he was just this good guy that was like, I'm doing great things. He was like, I'm so awesome. It was mostly because of the counseling of advisors around him since he was like 16 at the beginning of his reign. Oh, so he like wasn't even doing anything. So he had people being like, oh no, don't murder people. Because he was probably at 16 being like, can I just like pick this person off real quick? And they they were like, like, no, 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 no. That's not what kings do. Yeah. And later he was like, oh, I can just do that. So his administration did undo many of the existing bad rules, like capital punishment, secret trials, and they even allowed slaves to complain about bad masters. I love this. So, so far, it's like Nero. Nero. So far, so good. You're doing okay. Keep going on the good path. It did take a turn, though. A slight turn. Okay. This was when he murdered his mother for unclear reasons. When you say that it took a turn, you meant that it, like, banged a Yui. Yeah, a hairpin turn. Wow. It wasn't one of those, like, I'm just going to kind of veer to the left. He's just going to murder his mom. Yeah, he just straight up turned around. Yeah, no good. And they don't know why. It's unclear. They're just like, yeah, he murdered She probably wouldn't let him kill somebody else on the street. Probably. He was like, then I'll just kill you. Well, and then he banished and murdered his wife, likely because he was falling in love with another woman, and he suspected she was plotting against him. She was probably plotting against him for falling in love with another woman. It's like, you murdered your own mother, now you're murdering your wife? Like, chill. And also, you don't even like your wife. Nero, take up knitting, something. Get a different hobby. Do something. Nero gained, which to everyone's dismay, Nero gained more independence from his advisors. That's not what we need. Yeah, because Rome was now victim to the arbitrary desires of uh, what we would call a mad tyrant. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He sounds like um, Joffrey from Game of Thrones. He truly does. There it is. There it is. He publicly performed in plays and athletics and other antics that Romans were like, wait a second, 
this is kind of beneath you. Like you're the emperor. Like you're supposed to be hiring people to do this. And he was like, I love the theater. The theater is my escape the from the murder. Is calling me. He just wanted to be an actor. Just let him do it. Maybe it was going to help him out. I don't know. Might have been therapeutic. Yeah, get some of that like cathartic out. Yeah. It's been rumored that Nero sang while the fire took over the city. That was a popular anecdote that is likely not true. Like to comfort himself or but, to like right, to, just sing about he was happy. impending doom. He was just psyched that things were being destroyed. He's just whistling. But again, that was likely not true. It's just kind of like a popular anecdote. But it's kind of fun to be like, yeah, and that dude was so deranged that he did this. Yeah. The city then devolved into chaos and Nero killed himself after discovering that the Senate had declared him a public enemy and they were going to sentence him to death. He's like, hmm, beat you to it. He was like, all right, I'm out. Landing at number four this week is Elizabeth Bowtree. My girl, I was waiting for her. I I knew you would be. I was. According to legend, this Hungarian countess is responsible for the deaths of 600 or more young women who were lured to her castle, possibly so she could bathe in the blood of the young virgins, which she believed had magical youth-granting properties. Hmm. Although that's completely unconfirmed. So you're saying she invented the first bottle of anti-aging cream? Yes. Oil of common virgins. Oil blade. <laughs> Not many records exist to prove what really happened in her castle before she was investigated in 1609. But I feel like that's probably a good thing. Probably good. And it is possible that the investigation was politically motivated. What happened in the Bowtree Castle stays in the Bowtree Castle. You're going to find out. Well, you already know. But a lot stays in the castle. A lot did. And no hard evidence exists either, except for hundreds of witnesses and evidence of women who were mutilated and murdered have been found to cooperate those stories. That'll do it. That will do it. Previous claims that she murdered peasant women were ignored, but when women from noble families started disappearing, that's when people were like, we need to do something. Of course. Now they're like, wait a second. They're taking our noble daughters. That's what they're good for. That's true. That is what they're good for. See, you need a daughter. You do. Well, Elizabeth was not doing this all completely solo dolo. There were accomplices working with her in all these terrible murders. Three of her servants were implicated and executed. Other servants confessed to the burial of the victims, but only two witnesses were actually willing to testify that they were present at the scene of the torture and the murders. Yeah, who wants to say that they were there? for that. <laughs> they probably like, forgot. Their mind was, was like, there. you were not there. Survival instinct was like, we're going to shut this off. Let me help you. We're going to go dark real quick. Yeah. Do you remember that one? Because we covered this for Morbid. Yeah. And I remember doing like a project on this in school. Do you remember the one where she tied a girl outside in the dead of summer and covered her in honey naked and just let whatever came to eat her eat her? <laughs> I actually didn't remember that, but I'm really so glad that you reminded me. Glad I could bring it back. Thanks for that. I'm here for you. Gross. Well, Elizabeth herself, like you said, what happens in the castle stays in the castle. Certainly does. Elizabeth herself was confined to her chambers in the castle for the rest of her life. She was bricked on up. Like, we're just going to go ahead and box you in here. We're going to pretend you're not there. Bye bye. She goes down in history and has been labeled as the most prolific female murderer by Guinness World Records. What an honor. Her scaring me throughout this countdown. I'm sure she would find it an honor. Yeah, she would. Three. 
Number three on our list of royal killers is Gilles de Ray, a French noble. De Ray famously fought alongside Joan of Arc, but after retiring to the countryside, he kidnapped, tortured, and murdered hundreds of young children. Dark turn. Yeah. Went real good, real bad. I feel like Joan would not be very proud. I feel like she wouldn't either. I don't know her personally, but I feel like she wouldn't be into that. You guys aren't best friends? We're not. Same time period, I thought? Close, but not the same. Thanks a lot. You're welcome. So both of Gilles' parents died around 1415. His father died from a gruesome hunting accident, which had to cause trauma. Yeah. And his mother died from an unknown cause. Nobody really knows what happened. Maybe it was him. He is known as one of history's earliest recorded serial killers. So he's hanging around the likes of like Elizabeth Bouchery, mm-hmm. all those gruesome people. I thought of like Jack the Ripper, but that's like even way later. Yeah, that's way later. He fought nobly beside Joan of Arc during the Hundred Years' War. And after retiring as a soldier, he went back to his wealthy estate and then he just recklessly spent the fortune that would soon run out. You can't spend all the money. He just became a playboy. He just went home and was like, I'm just going to do my thing. A spend my money. Leisure. I'm sure he had many fur rugs. I just feel. I love a fur rug. He did. He had one. We Faux fur. Yeah, faux. Always faux. He became increasingly pious and then interested in the occult. But he became interested in the occult mainly because of financial reasons, because he was like, maybe I can magically recover some of my fortune. <laughs> I was like, wait, for financial reasons, like it's cheap to be culty? Or you just make a lot of money being a culty? Do you? No. He just, he, <laughs> you're like, <laughs> no. I speak from personal experience. No. You do not. That'll drain you. No. <laughs> no, he just thought he could magically recover his fortune. Okay. And uh, spoiler alert, he didn't. <laughs> so then children began to go missing and they were always around him. They were missing all over the place and he just always happened to be around. He was always the last person that saw them. He was like, so weird. That happens to a lot of people, right? Wild. Well, he was eventually convicted of killing about a hundred victims and was sentenced to burn and hang at the same time. If you're going to kill a kid, I feel like that's what you deserve. Honestly, there's been crimes like of recent years that I'm like, yeah, burn them, hang them. <laughs> when they do something to a kid, I'm like, sure. Yeah. Polyclasses murder. Go for it. Mm hmm. His confession was extracted using threat of torture, as it usually was back then. Yep. Leading to a few historians wondering whether or not he really was guilty or whether he was just being forced into saying he was guilty, which we know does happen. Yeah, I feel like this one was a little too, like, coincidental. I just get vibes from Gilles. Bad vibes. I do. I'm just glad that Elizabeth Bowtree is on this list. I knew that you were like, where is she? I was because she wasn't in my five. And I was like, podcast research gods, don't you do me dirty (laughs) and leave Elizabeth off this list. They didn't. She would probably be the only person along with like Henry that I'd be like, oh, I knew them. I can point to these. Yeah, because I really don't know any other ones. I know one other one and they're on my list. So (laughs) that's when you know them. No, I knew them before my list. Oh, okay. The runner-up spot on our countdown of royal killers at number two is Genghis Khan. One of history's most famous conquerors, the Mongolian ruler slash warrior, is often credited with the deaths of approximately 40 million people. That's a good amount of people. That's a solid amount of people. It is. Genghis Khan had a ruthless intention behind his cruelty. He was like, 
this is what's up. Here's why I do what I do. I'm going to lay it all down for you. I want all the power. And in order for me to get that, I'm going to eliminate the aristocrats and anybody who's disloyal to the vision just has to go. Yeah, we got to wipe it clean. So that's how he did that. That's not good. The weird thing is that some of his most trusted generals were actually former enemies of his. Wow, that's gross. Yeah, I feel like they just had to like prove to him that they were loyal, I guess. I don't. I, I mean, apparently you wanted to make sure he thought you were loyal. Yeah, it's that's weird. That's for sure. I don't know. Historians believe his crusades were brutal because they were driven by a divine mission to conquer the world for their supreme god, Tangri. Seems legit. It does. I agree with you. The sheer volume of deaths were staggering because he would take out large populations. Like, the size of the Mongol Empire alone covered an area that was almost as big as Africa. That's huge. It's real big out there. Real big. This is sad and really awful. Uh Uh-oh. Genghis raped a ton of women and he took like multiple wives in the lands that he conquered. So because of that, a significant part of the population in that area shares a direct lineage to Mr. Khan. What a tough version of 23andMe. That was a that's good like one. Real that was bad. a really good one. Yeah, that's really tough. Yeah, it definitely is. And just one more gruesome tidbit for you to like really drive home the point of how much he sucks. Genghis often used the bodies of conquered people as human shields when he needed to. Wow. He was just like, waste not, want not, right? Gotta use it all. Have you ever heard that song? I think it's a Mike Snow song called Genghis Khan. Yes, I have, actually. Now that you like know more about Genghis Khan, you're like, really, Mike Snow? (laughs) Really, Mike Snow? You get a little (laughs) bit Genghis Khan? You get a little bit? Use someone as a human shield. Damn. Obviously. One. And that brings us to number one on our countdown of the top 10 royal killers, Vlad the Impaler. Said to be Stoker's inspiration for Dracula, Vlad III, Prince of Valachia, was born in Transylvania in the 15th century and is infamously known for impaling his enemies. It's all in the name. It's all, it's right up front. Like, he's not trying to play. He's like, this is what I do. Vlad, go and give it to you. <laughs> Vlad, go and give it to you. He's going to impale you. Yikes. Vlad the Impaler would actually uh, impale his victims as a mode of torture. Yes. And he would let them just hang there for days, just all impaled. Oof. And sometimes it would take days for them to die. Well, yeah, because you're just like bleeding out. Yeah, you're just from trying. like one impalement. And you're trying to struggle off of it, which is impaling you more. It's just all bad. Ouch. There's no good. It's all bad. He's thought to have killed 80,000 victims, 20,000 of which were impaled and put on display. Why were they put on display? The weirdest art installation I've ever heard in my life. He's like, look at my artwork. He was really ahead of his time. I guess so. Yeah. He was so ruthless in order to consolidate power that he invited hundreds of boyars, which are others in line for the throne, to a banquet just to have him stabbed. I mean, it makes sense because- <laughs> to a dinner at my place. Have you seen my artwork? Yeah. If my, you've seen it, you wouldn't come. Have you seen my installation? And they're all like, that's weird. And he's like, it's cool because we're going to stab you anyway. Yeah, good. I don't need your opinion. <laughs> Vlad the Impaler did bring order and stability to Vallejia despite his viciousness, but I think it was more because, because of his viciousness. Yeah, I was literally just going to say yeah. that. The sight of the decaying bodies being picked apart by crows was so repulsive that it kept other rulers from invading. If you're gonna do it somehow that's the way i guess did it work or not it did it worked so that's all we got (laughs) he did his job i guess 
When Vlad was finally captured and beheaded, his own head was put on a pike and displayed above the city streets of Constantinople. You know what? I feel like he wouldn't even be mad at that, though. No, I feel like that was like what he wanted. He actually wrote that in his will, I feel like. <laughs> Please display my head in an art installation. Please, and thanks, XO Vlad. <laughs> XO Vlad. Uh, no one would have remembered Vlad if there hadn't been an 1820 book by the British consul to Valachia that Bram Stoker actually read. Ooh. Then Bram Stoker took him as direct inspiration for Dracula, who we know as the world's quintessential vampire. We do. I love Hotel Transylvania. Same thing. Exactly. Yes. What do you think about that list? I gotta say, I think Vlad deserves the number one spot. Yeah, he killed a lot of people. I really do. Really worked on his art installation. He really did. That was a lot. Elizabeth Bowtree was like right where she was supposed to be. Oh yeah, she was definitely supposed to be there. And then, I mean, Cleopatra, I never would have thought of her. So I'm really glad that she was on the list. Yeah. Nero was kind of like, I was like, all right, Nero. He was a little bit Joffrey, like I said. He was, and I wasn't expecting it. I was like, all right, Nero, you came out of left field. This was like a super fun history lesson. was because I don't know a lot about the royals. Me either. I guess I like blacked this out in high school. Yeah, didn't we all? Well, thanks for listening. We'll be back next week with another great episode. Remember to follow Crime Countdown on Spotify to get a brand new episode delivered every week. You can find all episodes of Crime Countdown and all other podcast originals for free on Spotify. Spotify has all your favorite music and podcasts all in one place. They're making it easier to listen to whatever you want to hear for free on your phone, your computer, or smart speaker. And if you can't get enough of these creepy crimes, check out our After Crime Countdown podcast playlist on Spotify, where we've handpicked even more episodes about this week's stories that we think you'll enjoy. And if you like this show, follow at Parcast on Facebook and Instagram and at Parcast Network on Twitter. And you know what? If you like us, you can follow Morbid, our other podcast, on Instagram at Morbid Podcast or on Twitter at A Morbid Podcast. And keep it weird till next Monday. Bye, weirdos. Bye. Crime Countdown was created by Max Cutler and is a Parcast Studios original. It is executive produced by Max Cutler. Sound designed by Kevin McAlpine. Produced by John Cohen, Jonathan Ratliff, and Kristen Acevedo. Crime Countdown stars Ash Kelly and Elena Urquhart. Hey, Parcasters! Don't forget to check out the brand new Spotify original from Parcast, Incredible Feats. Join host Dan Cummins as he explores true accounts of weird, wonderful, and all-out wild achievements. New episodes premiere daily Monday through Friday. Search Incredible Feats and follow free on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. Podcasts.